Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here today with author and teacher Holly Lyle and her cat Sheldon. And (laughs) (laughs) our topic for today is when are collaborations ever a good idea? And we want to say thank you real quick to the um, listener who actually suggested this, who is also in our forums all the time, Rebecca Ann. So thank you very much for, for the suggestion for the topic, Rebecca Ann. And I know that we did cover this in the, the forums in a very, very short form, but I know this was something that Holly wanted to go ahead and hit on this weekend. So before we get to the topic, uh, we're going to do what we do every week, and that's just kind of go over our our personal accomplishments this week or whatever we did. So Holly, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got work done on how to write a novel. I finished up lesson 28. Uh, I did 1,515 words on Dead Man's Party, and I'm very happy with them. Uh, I did taxes, Woot! and they're done. It took a whole freaking day, yes. but they are done, yes. Um, wishbone Conspiracy, 5,500 words. I came in a little short but there were some reasons for that. Um, And I had, aside from that, a fascinating week because I asked my readers for some help. And uh, I I would kind of, if we can, like to put the link to the particular blog post in which I asked for some help. Yeah, I'll just write it down so I remember. I send it out to my my folks on my mailing list. I ask on the forum, uh, on the Alone in a Room with Invisible People forum. And uh, something really fascinating happened that is, in fact, the reason that, that I went hunting and found this question for this episode today is some of my folks got back to me very, very quickly. And uh, of the first six, three of them, I, I specifically asked, look, you know, I'm having a problem figuring out what it is that I write and how to present it to people so that the people who will love it will find me and the people who will hate it won't. You know, that's the part that remained unsaid, but I want the people who actually love the kind of stuff I do to be able to find me. And of the six people who emailed me within the first like half hour, three of them recommended the single same author as being like my work, which this was one of the things was I asked was, who do you read who writes stuff that's like what I read? I think somebody in somebody in the forums mentioned her too, though. Did did they really? Okay, because yeah. I, I don't think I have been into the forums. I might have. I might have. It's been a really crazy time since, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But um, so uh, three of these six people, the odds of one author being recommended by that percentage of that small a group is just impossible. So I, I looked at it, and, and the name of the author is Ilona Andrews. And they said that two of the three people told me this is a husband and wife writing team, and um, they write all the stuff that is just an awful lot like what you write. Um, and I learned the word mashup which is a new concept for me. I did not realize <laughs> what? that what I was doing was 
called a mashup, where you mix a bunch of different genres together. But apparently, that there's actually a name for what I do, other than screwing up your numbers. And and when I looked at her, uh, the numbers were the you know her sales numbers were phenomenal. So I bought first books of three different series of hers, and started reading all three of them simultaneously reading like a writer to understand what it was she was doing and when i'm when i say she that's you know the pseudonym understanding that this is a husband and wife team and it's really they but um i fell in love uh, i just i was like oh my god yes yes this is this is the thing this is my version of urban fantasy this is what i do this is my weird stuff that somebody else is doing and doing really well with so I was reading these three books and discovered that there is a thing that I'm doing that, that is a recognizable thing that people genuinely like. And if I can figure out how to put what I'm doing in front of those folks, um, you know, I can find my readership. And then this morning I woke up with an idea and the idea came to me as a single line in the voice of a character I have never met before. And it is, I know you aren't going to want to believe me, and it's probably better for you if you don't. And I woke up, and I wrote it down, and I don't know who this person is yet, but I know something about this person already, right now, that I never expected to know. This person lives in Ohio. This person lives in the part of Ohio that I am from. I have never written about Ohio. It's, it's, it has been this, this like a little sacred space that I have kept all to myself. And I, you know, I know these things. I know there are things that I keep in my head, how far I am for, from each of my kids. I am 400 miles from you. I am 700 miles from Mark and I am 1100 miles from home. And these are just things that I know, and no matter where I have ever lived, it has always been, how far am I from home? I am 1,100 miles from home. These books are going to be there. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my week. That's really cool, though. That's yeah. really cool. So you, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that you have, um, have a, new, a, a new idea. It's always a very exciting time, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, I'm going to just flash this to you. I'm not going to say what I'm doing to anybody else. But these are the notes that I got afterwards on it just wow. in a couple of minutes as stuff just streamed right there. <laughs> just, yeah. It was like a page and a half. Damn. Yeah. And that's yeah. just this morning. Yeah, that was just in a few minutes where I started from that, that one sentence. I started writing questions and then answering the questions and stuff just poured out and oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool and this this that, that goes to show like anybody can can do that sort of thing you know is is come up with new ideas come up with something that excites you limit yourself to this is what i want to write and then let your muse kind of help kind of get the things in in your brain that's going to excite you yeah you know yeah and for me that is apparently urban fantasy mashup in Ohio. <laughs> in Ohio. Yes. Oh, God, yes. In Ohio. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, my week was um, less exciting, but not to me. <laughs> it was, um, 
I just, I, I've, I've got some plans with the writing that I'm doing right now. I, I have um, a new schedule idea in mind. Um, and I have written, I've, I've hit my target goal every day, but it's, it's a low goal and it, it's basically just write a scene a day, you know, and my scenes tend to be 1100, 1700 words, you know, usually somewhere between those. It's usually always over, um, a thousand, but it's... <laughs> I mean, you're there when I'm writing. It typically takes about an hour for me to get my my words in. Um, every now and then it'll take a little bit longer. But usually if I, I take out the times where I have to run to go do something for the cats or go do a chore or something, it's about six, ten-minute sessions, and I'm done. So I'm going to try to start getting in more words. I'm going to shoot for, um, I'm going to start shooting for 3,000 again. Because that's nice. something that I can totally do. I've done it fine before. That was, I think, the goal for uh, leaving one to Lucia, I think, was because I wanted to print it a chapter a day. So I was doing two, um, two scenes or a chapter every other day. So I do two scenes each day and have a chapter every other day. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've, I'm almost done with the story that I'm writing right now, although it's it's... It's definitely getting to be longer than I thought originally it was supposed to. Uh, so um, I'm almost done with it, and I'm very excited about it. And I'm also very excited about plans that I have with this uh, pen name, but also with my stuff. Because I kind of, I, I want to get that ghost anthology that I started last year. Cool. I want to get that done. I want to um, get the stories out. And... I don't know. I'm just, I'm very hyper and excited about these things. That is so cool. And I'm excited too. Yeah. That is, oh, I can hardly wait to see what you do. Well, I'm going to probably send out, um, make an offer on here, um, about like once my anthology is done, if anybody wants the free copy, just leave me a review on Amazon. Cause mm -hmm. have you, you, you've done that before? I don't remember. Um, yes, I have. I have. And I've, I have had really nice reviews from it. I have had a pretty small turnout. Yeah. But, um, but the, the reviews that I got from it have all been really nice. So, okay. and, and have helped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the idea is just to get people. I just want people to know, like, since it's going to be another indie published thing, like, Hey, there's some content here, you know, it's like, it's. Right. This isn't awful. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's a big deal. That's, you know, maybe maybe from our listeners here we could put together a reader group. Yeah. That's, you know. That, um, that we help each other. So if somebody has a book that's going to be coming out or a short story anthology that they put it to the group and then certain members of the group who have the time can say, oh, yeah, okay, I'll totally read and review it. Yeah. You know, it would be nice to have that kind of support. <laughs> It really would. <laughs> it really would. That would be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, let's get into the topic. And again, that is when are collaborations a good thing? Okay. And the, the reason that I chose this topic for this week was, in fact, Ilona Andrews, where it is this husband and wife team 
who is writing these books that I just love. And oh my God, I found, I found somebody new that I can, there's a ton of work out there. They've done a ton of stuff. I found somebody I can read who is doing the same kinds of things that I am doing. And I am so excited about it. And I thought, okay, well, I dug through all of our questions on the, in the uh, uh, podcast forum and found Rebecca Ann's and went, yes, yes. This is because this is the perfect example. And I am the antithesis of that perfect example because when I said, hey, Matt, you know what? Because Matt, my husband, is, is also a really good writer, really good, um, along with being an editor, but he does not enjoy writing. And, he, and I said, you know, we could do this, man. We, he looked at me and he said, do you know you? <laughs> and I went, what <laughs> he said you have to control everything <laughs> he said that would be a nightmare <laughs> yeah yeah and it's true yeah it's true. I, I i would not i would not know yeah <laughs> there are <laughs> you know there are people who are very casual about you know having other people work with them. The only person with whom I, I collaborated where it was an easy, relaxed, back-and-forth collaboration was Steve Sterling, and we were busy playing damage each other's characters while we were doing it, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. The book was The Rose Sea. And I think uh, you won that game because you murdered one of his. I, well, I didn't really... I had never really collaborated, you know, a... a, a partner collaboration I'd always been like the small author in a or the big author in a a senior junior collaboration so this was the only collaboration I ever did where it was just two of us sending chapters back and forth and it was a blast but yeah I didn't realize that you weren't supposed to kill somebody's character and one of his guys stood up and got shot in the head uh by just being a dumbass and standing up in the middle of a scene in the middle of a firefight and uh, I sent it back to him, and he went, well, all right, we can go with that. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> said he was, was annoying anyway. Yeah, uh, he, well, he was an annoying character, but I think that was more the way I was writing him than Because, oh. <laughs> I mean, you had a figure. I was the one who was writing him when the dumbass stood up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, he was, he was a fun collaborator. But, yeah, there are some times... When collaborations are brilliant, and Ilona Andrews is a really good example. Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett were a really good example. Um, Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell were a really good example. These are people who brought unique things to a collaboration that made what they built completely different than what either of them would have done on their own. Each one brought something separate and different to the collaboration that made it something new and yet still wonderful. And that's, that's a thing. I mean, do you, can you think of any collaborators that, that you read that you like? I was thinking, trying to remember if I had ever read one. The problem is, by the time I was old enough to really be interested in making my own decisions in a literary fashion, all I can remember is how much you ended up having to bitch about your collaborations. 
So typically when I look at a collaboration, I think I, I, I have all of these negative connotations to them. Now I mm-hmm. have a whole bunch. I have, well, I'm the, okay. Yeah. I know a great collaboration team. Perfect. It did a great job. Uh, Stephen King and Richard Bachman. <laughs> They, they seem to fit really well. <laughs> Imagine how. That, yes. yes. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's they're both Stephen King. Um, right. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that. I, I've got I've got a couple of collaborations sitting around, like one um, Stephen King, Peter Straub, or I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud. I've just read it. Yeah. So he's, um, but I haven't read that one specifically because I just, I, I just think all these negative things and I'm trying to remember. (laughs) Well, you know, let me, let me then explain the negatives because you have mentioned, you know, I just remember all of your negative experiences. Well, yeah. And I was also a kid. So all of the, (laughs) your, your very intense personality (laughs) <laughs> it built um, c- quite a a memory, <laughs> a bunch of memories in my head. That left an impression, huh? Yes. Yeah, well, the thing that you have to remember about junior-senior collaborations is that no matter whether you're the junior or the senior, it's twice the work for half the pay. And <laughs> um, because if you are the junior collaborator you have to write the first draft. If you are the senior collaborator, you have to fucking fix the first draft. And if and either way, neither one of you is getting as much money for this book as you would have gotten for a solo novel. So it's, it is invariably this massive task done by, by two people who don't think alike in which you are attempting to make cohesive these two separate kinds of writing where you're not just slamming things back and forth to, you know, a chapter to each other and then the person who receives the chapter uh, revises that chapter and then writes the first draft of the next one and sends it back. And you get that and you revise that chapter and then leap into the next one and write that chapter and send it back. And and that's that was fucking fun. But the stuff where you have to write the whole book first and then you send it to the other person. The other person has to revise that book and make it fit into the world that they built and the story that they were wanting to tell and this overarching theme, especially if you are doing like a three book or a four book thing with different collaborators for each book and you have built the world and you have to make all of these books written in first draft by different people match the world you built. I've done that on both ends. And that is really, really, really hard work. And it does not always end well. And it leads, it, it can lead to some unhappiness. And, um, and it is not something that I recommend doing. I don't. Yeah. This is something that you said that I found really, really important is that um, it's better, the best collaborations are done with, by people who are in equal standing. Right. So, right. Whether like, it's two beginners or two, yeah. you know, multi-million-dollar, mega-bucks, best-selling just authors. Two people in the middle yeah. who love to write, who are just, you know, maybe yes. have sold just a couple of things. The, the the thing that I remember was that, and I'm not going to specify which which happened where, but I remember that you, there were a couple of authors that 
did not there was a reason why they hadn't been published yet Mm -hmm. so the collaborations with them were very difficult now well one cost me a really dear friend yeah and kind of broke my heart and it was it was a case of I had to leave the writers group because her frickin husband made a pass at me and um I couldn't I, I just, you know, it was the writer's group that, that my then husband and I had started, and we ended up leaving because I could not, I, I, I couldn't, we couldn't make them leave, so I just gave up everything and walked away, but she was still doing the collaboration with me, and she ended up turning it into the exact negative of what I had wanted of this happy, cheerful thing. Hers was dark and grim and miserable and ended up with the heroine in hell which was really not where I wanted that to go. I was looking for a redemption story, and she ended up with a condemnation story, and I could not use it. And when I could not use it, it cost me the friendship. It, you know, She said, well, you know, you didn't come to meetings anymore, and I couldn't tell her that I couldn't come anymore because her fucking husband had made a pass at me, and I couldn't deal with him. Being the person that I am, I would have preferred to have known that my husband made a pass at you. She had a, a rough history with him anyway. She knew who he was. She knew how she, she had ended up with him. It was just a case of, no, I can't go there. I can't be this person. I've got to be gone. Yeah, well, I mean, different people make different decisions. Yeah, well, you know, maybe, maybe I should have told her. I don't know. Yeah, but, you, May- I mean, people aren't... It's not so black and white. It's not easy. You know? No, it wasn't easy. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do, so I just left the, left the group. Yeah. <laughs> That sucks. And I'm sorry yeah. that it cost you a friend. But see, that's 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 one I, I was thinking about just other ones where, and I'm not saying whether or not these got published. I'm not saying anything like that. But I just remember that some of the writers that you had worked with um, were not into the craft as much as you. They hadn't studied it. They hadn't learned how to write well. Yeah. And I know one specifically was more about the title of writer than actual, you know. Yeah. 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 So, and and then having to fix those books when you're wanting to maybe try to give your friends, get your friends involved and get your friends a a head up, a start, you know, something like that. Get them a foot in the door. And it just, it's, it can be difficult. And I just remember so much frustration. Then again, you've also got the chance of, of a writer, your co-writer becoming sick and unable to do what they had been contracted to do, which leaves oh God. all on yeah. you. Yeah. Which I, that was, that was, that was heartbreaking because, you know, my God, she was one of the, the big names in the business. And I was really looking forward to, to working with her and sending stuff back and forth. And she had a stroke. We had to sign the contracts. We, I had already spent part of the money. And so I was on the hook and I wrote two books that were at the time under our two names. And they have the rights to both of those have now reverted to me in my own name. And I am going to be able to publish them as solo novels, which they were at the time too. But it was, it was not, not anything on her. She had a fucking stroke, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you know, Jesus, she was like one of the gods of the industry. <laughs> and the, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel really bad because you never got to actually do the collabs with her. No. Because that, that, that would have been kind of a high point and very exciting for you. 
Oh, you know? it would have. Yeah. Oh, it so would have. You know, that's wow. <laughs> but obviously, it does. It does suck. You know that she had a stroke. But this is this is just something else that you have to worry about when it comes to collaboration. So those are those are just some of the negatives. I mean, you you never know. Also, um, I've I've seen people who have done collaborations that later then shit talk each other, and luckily, you know, mom is not about this. We actually had a very good question in the forums about oh, really? uh you answered it about oh, okay. why we don't do the name and shame game. oh right so i yeah, thought maybe this is a good opportunity to just kind of put your answer in here just right now because she did specifically say like well sometimes isn't it appropriate to do so um and i figured maybe this since we're we're talking about these but we're not naming names maybe this is the perfect example to kind of lead into just just a real quick explanation because if she's wondering i i'm wondering how many other people out there are wondering why we don't name people and just haven't come into the forums and asked right okay um because and i did give a kind of a long answer to this and i'll try and make it shorter here um there are times when somebody has been proven guilty when what they have done has been documented, when what they have done is, is not hearsay, but is provable fact. And when that happens, then yes, you name names. You say, this is the person who did this, and this is what they did, and this is why I am talking about them now. There are times when people are, are for whatever reason, they do the wrong thing. People aren't perfect. <laughs> no, people people are not perfect. And no, no matter how hard you try, there are times when you're going to screw up. And I had a very young editor of a novel of mine who thought she saw a way to cut 55,000 words of a 250-ish thousand word novel or 200,000 word novel, big novel that had been contracted for 200,000 words. And the publisher told her they needed to have it at 155,000 words or 150,000 words or something like that. And I said, look, I cannot find, I have gone through this manuscript word by word and page by page, and I cannot find a place where I can cut. And you're a lean writer anyway. Like and I say. am a lean writer. I yeah. am, you know, in, fi- in spite of the fact that that was a really long book. It was, it was tight. And she, she said, okay, well, you know, I'll look at it. I said, please, you know, you look at it, you tell me what I can cut and I will cut it. And she thought, and and she was, oh God, she was, she was so young. She was in what, maybe her mid twenties at the time. And, um, she said, okay, well, I think I see a place. I think I see ways where it can be cut. I said, okay, well, you know, when you, when you do it, let it know me, I'll, I'll do the cuts. And then I got the manuscript back from the publisher, and she had left the job by that point. Um, And she had never said, well, okay, well, this is where the cuts are, or I have found the way to cut it, or I have done cuts. And I got the manuscript from the publisher, and they said, okay, please go through this, and uh, this is the copy-edited version. And I thought, oh, okay, they didn't cut it. Awesome. Because, you know, I didn't, hadn't heard back from her, and I hadn't made any cuts. And I thought, okay, well, she couldn't find anything either, so she told them, and that's... And I went in and started reading through and reading the copy editor's notes, and I got about halfway through the copy editor's notes and said, isn't this... One of them said, isn't this a bit late, halfway through the, the revision? 
isn't this a bit late to be introducing a main character? And there was this little kerchunk, because I was just skimming through her notes. And I went in and I looked and the editor had removed um, the main male lead, the romantic lead of the novel for the first half of the book. He was just gone. You know, I had alternated scenes between my main character, my, my female lead and my male lead, and she had taken out all of the male lead scenes for the first half of the book until the point where, you know, the, the, the entire plot was not just built around the two of them, but required him to be there. And all of a when, sudden, When the main character showed up on the boat, probably, right? Yeah, it was when he showed up on the boat. Yeah. Yeah, when he rescued her. Yeah. And prior to that, he wasn't even in there. She That's had just ridiculous. removed it. Yeah. Well, she, you know, she had thought that it would be this really tight female adventure thing, and then all of a sudden she got to the middle and went, oh. It doesn't work, yeah. <laughs> it didn't work, but so she just sent it to the copy editor like that, and, you know, she was, I knew she was, yeah, well, I already knew she was leaving, and she had already told me she was leaving. So yeah. that was not a surprise, and that was not, there was no dishonesty in that. It was just this thing she was going to do before she went. The only dishonesty in it was that she didn't tell me what she had done. So, um, you know, so this is, this is exactly one of those things where nowadays, you know, people would, would just tear her apart and ruin her career and ruin her life. And, and there's an understandable amount of anger that comes with this from being an author. And your book is just, (laughs) just basically shit on. So I was pissed. Yeah. And I wasn't even living with you at the time. You, I was still living in Florida. You were living here in Georgia and I could, I felt the rage. I mean, you, you were just devastated. I was livid. Yeah. And it was the only time my agent ever saw me angry ever, (laughs) ever. Because you really, it's not like you're, your kids who know you angry. It's like, you're actually very polite and nice and, and you can kind of keep your, your anger in, in, inside, which is not something you got from your father. But no, but I am an Ohioan, and that is one of our strengths. <laughs> You're a Yankee, so it's not one of a Yankee strengths, so I don't know where you got it from. But. I am an Ohioan. That is a specific kind of Yankee. Ah. It is very, very specific kind of Yankee. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's a, that's a good example of but Holly yeah. being more responsible and and you know understanding that people make mistakes and that's that's one of the things about viral things that go viral that just absolutely piss me off is because people are having some some people are horrible yeah some people when they go viral it's a fine I don't care but a lot of these people that go viral you don't understand the full story behind it or it's been a bad day or something like that so one mistake should not cost you your entire career. It should not cost you your your whole life. Right. As in some and cases. This is yes, and this is very important. That this was this is this young woman's career. You know? Yeah. And she made a mistake. And yeah, it was she a, did a really shitty thing, did a yeah. really shitty job at it, and obviously she knew about it because she didn't tell Holly. So these right. are all bad things, but it doesn't it's not something you ruin someone for. And yeah. if I were, you know, to 
she, I'm sure she has learned better, and she is an indie author now, or an indie indie um, editor mm-hmm. now, and is directly responsible to her clients, the writers. Yeah. So there's, this isn't. It wouldn't benefit anybody mm-hmm. by me naming names. No, it would just be a shitty, petty, childish thing to do. Exactly. To, to follow around and try to destroy, you know, this woman's reputation because she did a shitty thing in a shitty job once. That right. That caused right. you a lot of. And the fact is, I, when I worked with her, I really liked her. Yeah. So, you know, why would I do that? So that was basically, the, it's just kind of explaining to you guys that, like Mom said, if, if there is somebody who has proven a provable scanner, like her instance or her example in the forums was John Locke. And yeah, that's not the philosopher. No, not, yeah. He was just <laughs> this guy is talking about how to sell a million do- novels in five months or whatever his freaking scam was. Um, yeah. But yeah, so he tricked a lot of people. He came out, you know, or he was he was basically exposed as a scammer. <laughs> it, it's like okay, it's like the authors that we read that we don't like. Right. We uh, don't I'm... like to sit here and poop on everybody. I mean, no. there there have been a couple occasions where, like, we talk about uh, Bella Swan from the Twilight series. We don't like that kind of character. It's kind of like the antithesis of the things that we write. Right. But, you know, you know but I'm not going to shit on the author because, no. you know, she has a readership and she is writing the books that her people love. Yeah. And she's and the, writing the things that obviously matter to her. Right. So, you know, that's, that's writers do not need to, to, to shit on each other. There are yeah. enough people out there who are willing to do that for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's don't... why we don't name names if there are books that we don't like. No. Um, and that's why we would name names if there are books that we do like. Because yes. it's, you know, we want to share the joy. Yes, that's why I'm recommending the crap out of Ilona Andrews, my brand new discovery. Thanks you to three had... different people. It's like, oh. Well, she hasn't even <laughs> finished reading any of them yet. I have not. I have not. And I don't care. I'm going to read all the series. They're just, yeah, but they here's the problem, thing. right? So you really loved the director of, um, um, what was it? The the Dark Knight. I can't believe I don't remember his name. Um, the director who also did inception which you absolutely hated because of the ending and Mm -hmm. so you were in love with the director when he was the dark knight guy he was just like totally all over him just just like best director ever inception came around i hate this director he's horrible he's (laughs) lost me for life he's the worst thing in the world (laughs) so i'm just warning people right now you know if if ilona andrews the the writing team does something um and then, yeah, well, I mean, you might not say anything. I don't do that to writers. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't say say any of it on here anyway. <laughs> right. But, right, but this is just was just, no, I am a, I am a somewhat passionate person, slightly. Oh, oh, yeah, somewhat. Let's put some quotations around that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an extremist. <laughs> but, yeah, so getting back to the topic. All right, so we've, we've talked about why collaborations are a bad thing we've talked about just a little side note about why we don't play the name and shame game yeah so what what is next okay well the next is well then why would you collaborate yeah and you would collaborate because you both like each other's work 
Um, that's one of the things that I found beautiful about both Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, and Larry Niven, Jerry Purnell, is that these were guys who knew each other, who liked each other's work, who wrote very different things, but who, who respected each other, and then who came in and came up with this stuff that was their own shared thing that they built together, and then wrote in, and it was rich and wonderful and deep, and completely different from the things that they did on their own. So that it was this third new thing that was a brilliant adding of the strengths of one and the strengths of the other. And it was magnificent in, in every single case. Um, you both have strengths strengths that the other doesn't. Now this isn't, well, you know, well, we both have weaknesses too. Well, yeah, everybody does. And you write around your weaknesses, but you're not looking for each other's weaknesses. You are looking for what the other person brings that's strong and what you have to bring that's strong. And you sit there and you bounce ideas back and forth with each other and come up with something way cool that you both love that is this, this world so give some examples of, of some strengths. Okay. One of you loves to world build. One of you is just absolutely awesome at romantic relationships. So one of you builds this crazy world, and one of you builds two characters, one with one on one side of the world and one on the other side of the world that have to come together because they each have some magical power that one of you has built and the other one has, has argued about. And the two of you bounce this stuff back and forth and you have this way, this third thing that you have come up with together that is uh, this horrible thing that is happening in the center of the world that brings these two future lovers together. And and makes them not understand what it is about the two of them that they have to have each other. They complete each other, and they cannot see why. And they are on opposite sides until they connect, and the connection is some magical thing. God, I'm writing this, and I'm loving it. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the edge, is it? No. Okay, no, this is No, this is just... This is just me taking what one person is strong and what another person is strong in and taking those two strengths and saying, okay, this is what one person can bring to it. One person understands romantic relationships and conflict tension. The other person understands world building yeah. and, um, and creating devastating events in a world or building magic systems or building, um, context conflict relevant languages or um creating past be, histories yeah it could just be as simple as one person loves to do things like character bios and um build build up the characters and the other person just just really likes coming up with the stories or maybe somebody is really really good about um the stories and and like the but the other person is better at plotting so uh -huh. you, you come together and that's a really, that's, that's kind of cool, you know, that somebody right. is really cool at coming up with really creative stories, but doesn't really plot that well, doesn't really know how. And then the other person is like, well, you know, my ideas are okay, but I, I can plot the hell out of something. That's right. a good collaboration. 
Right, that would be a brilliant collaboration, and that would work really well. I mean, with, with the two that I've got as my examples, these are guys who are strong, you know, as far as I can tell, we're strong in everything. Um, and they just came up with worlds that the two of them could share. Well, yeah, but those are those are people who are pretty much masters of the craft. So we've right, got, exactly. You know, those, are, those are top-level professionals. Yeah, I'm just thinking of people more at my level or maybe beginners. Right. You know, you, you can still do this kind of thing, and it can also teach you a lot in the process because you for can absolute, learn how to plot. If, yeah, for, for absolute beginners, I think, one of the ways to do this would be to sit down together and build a world together. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. because then, yeah, because then you're learning how to world build by coming, by bouncing ideas off of each other and starting to see how these different ideas can play off of each other and then sitting there and building characters together. And one of you builds one and one builds the other. And then you come up with ideas for each of the other's characters and start rounding them out together. Because at the beginning phase, one of the most important things you can learn is, well, how do you build a character? And if you start doing it with somebody else, you both know different things. So then you're both sitting there and coming up with characters you couldn't have built on your own. And, and I think that's really important too. So, you know, at every single level, there is a way for two people to collaborate and come up with something good. It's just you got to be at the same level. You have to be at the same level. You have to be compatible. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's just like, you know, finding a person to spend the rest of your life with. You, yeah. You don't want to, and I'm not saying that you're going to collaborate forever. I'm just saying, like, you, you <laughs> don't want to, to live in a house with somebody who never understands what you're saying or... Um, communication fails or you just don't like each other's um, um, preferences in certain areas. I mean, you really have to get along with somebody if you're going to do a collaboration with them. You have to to share some methods of how you think or some ideas that are important to both of you, some of the same convictions. You know, it's it, yeah. it would be important because it has, a book writing a book is hard enough as it is. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and you want to be, if not, you know, it, friends is good. You know, if you can be friends and do this, that's awesome. You know, with the understanding that screwing it up can, can wreck a friendship that you really valued. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> don't do that. Um, yeah, just have open mind. Realize that it's not just your idea. It's a collaboration. Um, there are going to be some things that, you know, the other person comes up with that maybe you don't like. So either just express yourself in, in an appropriate manner. Don't, it's just like anything else. You wouldn't want to put your friend's ideas down. So don't, don't put them down and just kind of, kind of state your argument. But if the person has a good argument back, then you're just probably going to have to live with that character that, that has that one thing that you don't like. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so with that said, let's look at the how of how to do this. If you decide you want to collaborate with someone, um, you acknowledge beforehand and in writing, and I cannot emphasize this enough, you acknowledge beforehand and in writing that if this goes tits up, 
person A gets X stuff and owns it outright, and person B gets Y stuff and earns it outright, with X and Y being what you each want to have if this goes bad. So okay. not just your written words, your pages, but like your world building, your yeah. world is yours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and let me explain, yeah, the parts that you contribute that you say this part, this thing, this character, this thing, I want, if we, if this falls apart, I get this stuff and you get this stuff and we part as if best, if, if best possible case friends. But, you know, I didn't have that for the one that I was talking about with the friend of mine. And so I ended up on a screamingly tight deadline, just giving her the entire book, the entire plot, the entire story, the entire everything, mm. starting over a month before I had to turn the thing in and writing the book that I had to have in one month. And this was when I found out about your dad and what he was doing to you guys. Wow, which one was Was this The Curse of the Black Heron or something? No, this was Sympathy for the Devil. Ah. <laughs> well, you ended up with a great book. Yeah, and I wrote that thing from start to finish without a plot, without an outline, without anything straight off the top of my head. Damn. Um, in one month. And finished it while dealing with the police and police <laughs> investigators and social services and uh, the, the fucking nightmare that our life became. And, uh, yeah. Your parents, yeah, your lovely, wonderful, supportive parents disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My mom's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that book. And, uh, God... Huh, fuck, I can't even stand to think about that time. That well, was just, so that was ugh. the collaboration that, right. that failed because you didn't have a piece of paper saying, okay, well, this is all my shit, so I'm taking my shit. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I just handed her the book, said you have all rights to it, whatever you want to do with it, do it. It's yours. Um, you know, and I eliminated that part of the world building from, from my series and built a completely different section. And this was the, the, the world that I was building uh, two other, with books with two other people. And along with her, uh, well, and uh, three, three other people along with her and along with my second ex. Um, and, uh, Jesus. <laughs> this was Mall Magic and Mayhem? No, 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 no. That was, this was uh, the second book that I had been contracted to write with him. And that one, it just... You know, we split up and that never happened. Probably so better. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so getting back wrecks. to the point. <laughs> getting back to the point, And this is, see, and now you guys who are listening to this and thinking collaboration, you're going, oh, collaboration. <laughs> and you have to know how bad these things can go when they go wrong. Yeah. And how much they will break your heart. Now, a lot of people do a wrong. lot of collaborations. So mom's, mom's experience is not indicative of what no. people have to suffer through because the Steve Sterling apparently did a shitload of collaborations. Oh yes, and he is—he is just so fun to work with. And you know, if you're doing this, so I'm going to tell you what makes a fun collaboration, because this is what you want—you want something where you are happy to get out of bed in the morning or whenever you get out of bed and jump into work and get your words 
and work with this other person because you guys are having a ball. Yeah. So I mean, based- you get to show up and here comes brand new writing that you didn't even so So it's yeah. like you get to be a writer and a reader. Yes. Yeah, so you are playing this game where you are working back and forth between you and this other crazy person who hears his own invisible people in his head. And you're just, it, it's awesome. So this is that, okay? After you have in writing who gets what if this goes wrong, you divide up the work and the responsibilities. You So with, with Steve and me, it was... Um, you write a chapter and you send me the chapter. I'll write a chapter and I'll send you the chapter. And we'll just bounce the book back and forth until it's done. And, you know, we will work off of the other, you work, we are going to work from the previous person's chapter. So we had kind of a vague outline, but it was, it became sort of an okay top this game (laughs) that we were playing. And it was, it was wonderful. And again, um, so, you won by killing his character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then he did things to mine too. So, um, oh, <laughs> it was fun. It was just such fun. The book was The Rose Sea, if you ever want to look it up. I don't even know if it's still in print. I imagine it probably isn't. Um, but hey, <laughs> there you go. Um, you show up for work every day and you do what you said you'd do. Uh, so if you are, if your job is, um, one chapter on the days that you receive your chapters, you sit down the next day and you get your ass in gear and you write that chapter and you get it done. You guys have your deadline set. You have how long each person has to get the other stuff back to the other one, because this cannot be a thing where one of you just sits on it for months at a time saying, oh, I'm stuck. This, if you are going to do a collaboration, you have to have butt in chair every single day that you have the work in your hands. And when it's your turn, you're there. If you guys live in the same house and you are sitting there together, writing together, um, now I'm not entirely certain how this would work, but you, you do that. You are to, you are both there. You are both in the job. You are both getting this done. Um, okay. Then you maintain the spirit of the collaboration. And this is going back again to um, Sympathy for the Devil, the book that, that was not that book, and to my objective, which was to write funny fantasy. And funny fantasy set in North Carolina, uh, where a, the main character of the first book challenged God. <laughs> in a prayer where she said, you know, um, you said you were going to give everybody a second chance. And if people are stuck in hell, that's not a second chance. That's, you know, you, that's, there are people who does, who need to have a chance to repent. And, you know, she had an ex-husband who had died in a car accident, drinking with another woman. And, uh, she was, she was sad about her husband and, and knowing that he had died in this horrible way and fearing that he was in hell. And she told God, hey, shape up, fix this. And God said, oh, yeah? Okay, second chances. 50, 56,000 and some, I, I figured out what was like 10% of the population of North Carolina at the time. And God released into North Carolina about 56,000 imps, demons, devils, and assorted other hellspawn um, 
with the chance that they could repent, maintaining the spirit of the collaboration. Okay, so this was funny, funny fantasy, um, funny religious mashup fantasy with a, like a high fantasy, urban fantasy element to it. And the objective was to be funny. And it was, you know, the first book I think was pretty funny. Yeah, it was you know, lighthearted. People, it was, it was, you know, it had some darkness to it, but it was, it was, a, there was a lot of humor. Yeah, and the other two books with my other two collaborators that were published were both funny. One of them just, you know, hilariously so. Uh, the other one pretty funny. And I like all three. But the fourth one, the one with my friend, the one who was the re person I had really wanted to collaborate with, hers was dark and grim, and the heroine of the book ended up condemned to hell. That was her ending. And I went, there's nothing in this I can save. Yeah. This is not the spirit of the collaboration. You cannot take this funny, funny world with this crazy, with, with, with gremlins going in and messing up people's car engines and with demons um, showing up on sports fields and destroying footballs and um, ruining games and messing up uh, gambling that's going on and you know, playing with traffic on the freeway so that people are always late for work, you know, because, you know, they're trying to get recruits. And you cannot take that world and then take the main character of the story, the one that people are supposed to be rooting for, and end her up in hell. Yeah, you have to make sure that both writers understand the tone and, and the idea of, of the piece of work. I mean, that... <laughs> Especially if there's a series. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you guys have to agree on what this thing is, what the spirit of it is. Because there are things that you can change. You can change plot all day long. Um, you, can, you can kill off characters and throw in new characters. You can, you can make massive changes. But if you, you cannot change the tone of a book that, or, or a series. The tone is the thing that people are coming in there for. The world building, the tone, um, the spirit of it. You have to show up with that every single time because that is the thing that people are in there for. And diff you, the different characters, you guys have to understand what your tone is going to be. If you start funny, you have to stay funny. You have to end funny. If you're going in grimdark, well, hi, welcome to grimdark. There you're going to be. And then the next one there is you bring what you love to the collaboration. Never write what you don't love. Never write something because you think it's popular. Never write something because you think, well, you know, lots of people are making lots of money doing this kind of thing, and I don't care for it much, but, eh, you know, it, it'll make a buck. It'll make a turd. Yeah, and um, that's a theme we cover quite often, so we don't have to get too too far right. into that. But, yeah, definitely if if – that that's a good point too that if somebody else writes this and is very good at it and makes a lot of money at it and it's not your kind of thing but they want to do a collaboration with you sometimes it's just it's you're going to have to say no if right. you want to you know <laughs> right because you know if you are if you develop a reputation for being a good writer and you have done collaborations with other people and you know the the collaborations came out okay there will be people who say hey you know you want to collaborate with me and you got to look at this 
And you've got to say, well, you know, is this person writing something that is compatible with my worldview, with what I love, with my passions? Is this something where I have something I can bring to this? And, and then the last thing for this is you're always trying to surprise each other, to make each other laugh or cry, to give each other the best of what you have in you, to just throw every great thing you've got into this thing and say, okay, beat that. And know that they will, know that they will rise to the challenge and that they will come back at you with the very best thing they can throw at you. And, and I think when you're doing that, you are going to be doing something just wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're also, you're pushing each other to, to do your best. That's mm-hmm. the best kind of collaboration is when both of you are pushing each other to do the best job that you can. Yeah. You know, raising yeah. the expectations of yourself. So I think uh, this is this is one of those places where I don't know how Ilona Andrews, the, the husband and wife writing team that is Ilona Andrews, is doing this, but they're doing it right. There, there is good stuff on every single page, and I don't know who's bringing what to the collaboration, but um, there is uh, there is something wonderful there. Do you have anything else you want to bring into this? I, I mean, obviously, I haven't done um, any sort of collaboration, so I mean, I, I don't have anything except for <laughs> knowing what it was like watching as a kid, you go through a lot of, you know, bad collaborations. And, and I know that I've read a few that didn't really stand out probably just because I remembered, you know, that, that time from when you were, you know, so I've I've kind of steered clear of collaborations. So I think from this point on, I'm going to start picking up some and and giving them a (laughs) shot, especially after reading the Eleanor Andrews stuff, because it doesn't feel like a collab. It feels like it's just a very well-written, very cool kind of, it, it also shows that like, if you meet the right kind of person to do a collaboration with it, you know, it, it'll work out. But I, I think the big thing is try if it's something that you really want to do and you have somebody that in mind and you both are kind of, you know, you mentioned the collaboration, you both are excited about it. Give it a shot, you know, try not to, to take everything too personally. Try to put out the rules first. Like Holly says, understand that you're going to both have difference of opinions and difference, different ideas of what you want in the book and that that's okay. That maybe if you have a certain idea that your writer friend doesn't really like, you can save that idea for something for yourself and just keep trying. It's, it's just get into the spirit of the collaboration because I know a lot of writers, we're solitary creatures. <laughs> it's, it's, a, yes. it's For the most part, it's a solitary job. We like having control over over our characters as best we do have control over many of them. (laughs) (laughs) And we like to control as much as we can the plot. And we like to let our muse out and have fun. And sometimes collaborations are not going to be for you. You just, there are some people that are not going to do collaborations well that, that don't want to. And that's fine. But if it's something that you like, if it's, you know, the idea of it, especially the way Holly puts it with the whole writing chapters back and forth and trying to outdo each other constantly, but also knowing that, that that's making you both 
better writers and your story better. That sounds like magic. It was so fun. It was it was so fun. And and you know, I do need to emphasize again the financial aspect of this is that for the most part it is twice the work for half the money. But even so, well, there is you, that one that one area where it can work out really really well. If you are a solo writer and you have a decent little mailing list and this other person is a solo writer and they have a decent little mailing list. Mm-hmm. If you do a collaboration and you pitch it to both of your mailing lists, this is just completely from a writer standpoint, indie writer standpoint here, but you can you will get members from their mailing list, they will get members from your mailing list and then it's worth the effort and the work because you have new fans with a caveat and this is something i found true with with the collaborations that i did that were junior senior collaborations is that the readers of the senior author going go in looking for what they love from the senior author the readers of the junior author however, all five of them, go in looking for what they love from the junior author, and neither of them finds it because what you are getting is this mix, and it does not feed what either group is looking for. So you need to find a collaborator. Who is on your level for the most part. Yeah. yeah I think that that's yeah. better than the idea of a junior-senior collaboration. That. Other than the fact that some people think that, oh, if I go work with Stephen King, I'll sell a million books. (laughs) Yeah, I'll sell a million books and then people will start buying my stuff. It's not Mm -hmm. likely, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, That's why I'm saying, like, it would be amazing if you write... Okay, let's just say that you write mystery romance. This other writer writes mystery romance. And you both want to do a collaboration. You both have your own email lists. You do a collaboration. You pitch it to both the likelihood of you finding fans, new fans from that other writer. And again, this is that whole rising tide lifts all boats. It right. is, it is writers helping writers. The, the, the opportunity to expand your readership at that point is very good. Right. And to, to get in there with, with the writer who is where you are so that you are both building your audience, your readership, in the same way at the same time and you have people who are seeing you grow together so it's not a shock when you get yes. something that that two writers from completely different spheres are are writing um so yeah so that would be um the last thing that i i would leave you with before we get to our takeaway is you know focus Absolutely, this is a wonderful way to help each other. and But d- don't do it with someone who does not already get you. Don't think that you are going to take murder mysteries and a group of folks who are dedicated murder mystery readers and you're going to do um, and a group of magic, high magic fantasy readers and that the two of you are going to get together and do a high magic fantasy murder mystery thing and all of your readers from both groups are going to love you. No, everybody's going to be disappointed. And you might find a third group of readers that is looking for that, but it's not going to be either fans of either of your two groups. Or if there is, it's going to be very, very few of them. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get five people from each group and it's yeah. there, and everybody else is going to be really unhappy. So, okay, so... So what is our takeaway? Our takeaway here is just answer this question, okay? And you might want to write this down. What does a collaboration give me 
that I cannot do better by myself. And just sit there, write that down, and then write down every single thing you can think of that writing a collaboration would give you that you can't do better by yourself. And then look at the writers that you, you like and that you know who are at your level and the, you know maybe that they're in your writer's group and see if you can put something together with one or a couple of them and you know figure out how to do that but first answer that question with everything you've got in you all right so that has been our episode on collaborations when are collaborations a good thing i believe that's the title yes <laughs> um yeah when are collaborations ever or when are collaborations a good idea okay there we go that's close enough <laughs> okay so yeah if you have any questions uh if we didn't reach everything if you have um more questions about holly's experience if you um you know want her her recommendations for collaborations to read or you know maybe maybe that should be your goal today is just to go out there and and see if you can find a, a collaboration that was was pretty well done because um, maybe that's my goal for today. All I've really ever written or read as far as collaborations are just the short story anthologies and those don't count. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, if you have any questions, you can leave them on our website. It's alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. But it's best to get drop by the forums. It's hollyswritingclasses.com. The forum access is completely free. You just create an account. Again, completely free. You don't have to own any of her classes or anything like that. It is clearly labeled pod our podcast, Alone in a Room with Invisible People. Drop in and find this episode and or any other episode you have questions for and go ahead and start conversation with us. You know, ask us the questions, give us your opinions, your ideas. That's, you know, our, our community is pretty active and it's a lot of fun uh you can follow us on the socials at a-i-a-r-w-i-p again um it, you know if anybody has any ideas of what i can put on the instagram page that would be interesting uh maybe i'll create a topic in the podcast forum of you know like social media what do you want from us there because it it, it kind of it, it already the podcast is a lot of work i don't mind doing the extra social media stuff if it's going to be of value to anyone. So that's on Instagram and Twitter at AIARWIP. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Alone in a Room with Invisible People. Or if you'd like to email us, you can do so at show at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. Now, there is a way, there are a couple of ways to support the podcast. I'm going to go through those real quick. You can support us on a one-time basis if you go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. And on the top right hand, there is a drop-down menu. It gives you three different levels of support. We appreciate it. We really do. We've got um, a Patreon page. It is Alone in a Room with Invisible People or at A-I-A-R-W-I-P. And uh, we're still working on the reward, the first reward. It's it's just a lot of time and effort. And <laughs> right now, time is very limited. <laughs> so what I've got going on right now, as far as the support, it's three different levels. Every, every single dollar that you guys put in, I am putting back into the podcast in different ways. I am trying to learn how to... Um, you know, just improve the sound. I might be buying new equipment. I might be buying a different program. I'm looking at right now. I'm I'm buying books on how to make it sound better. Just just 
I'm looking at different angles of how to make the podcast better for you as listeners. And you are the ones that are helping me do that. So thank you very, very much. Um, the best way to support the podcast, however, is to put support Holly. You go to uh, hollyswritingclasses.com. She has classes there. If you're a writer, you can look. They start at, what, like $10, some of the classes, and then they yeah. go up from there. Well, <clears throat> they start at free, but... Well, yeah, you automatically get the free free how to write flash fiction that doesn't suck course, and that's a three-week right. course. But the least expensive stuff is, is just under 10 bucks. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, they start there... And then they go up from there. It just depends on what you're looking for as a writer. If, you know, you struggle with writer's block, if you struggle with not, you know, being disciplined enough, there's stuff on there. If you struggle with how to create a plot or outline, again, stuff on there. So just take a look around. You can also buy her fiction. You know, you could go to Amazon.com or any other site, really. Um, just type in her name, L-I-S-L-E, and find her fiction. Or you can directly support her on her Patreon page. It is um, Holly Lyle. That's all you got to look up on Patreon. And you'll see she is sharing her writing, her first drafts, her chapters. And there's even, for the top end, there is a video of her literally writing. And you can see that it's, you know, it's not even that different than than the way a lot of other people write. It's, you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, if you have any other ideas of what we can offer on our Patreon page, what Holly can offer on our Patreon page, or what you would like to hear on the podcast, please go to our forums. And there is um, a pinned post on the very top talking about our podcast, your issues, your needs, that sort of thing. So I'm just going to say thank you very much for listening. I hope that this episode has um, given you some insight into collaborations. And we will see you next week, Holly. Yes, um, and I've, I am excited about this because I think some of you are going to discover that collaboration is something you actually genuinely want to do, and maybe you have discovered how not to do it, which will help you do it better, and I am looking forward to hearing what happens when you do. And now, a word from our sponsor. You want to write, you love words, you love fiction, but you don't know where to start, or how to middle, or where to finish. I do. I'm Holly Lyle, and I've been doing this professionally since 1991. And I know how I did what I did to go pro, and I'll be happy to show you what I've learned. Start with my free three-week flash fiction class at hollyswritingclasses.com.